Joshua chapter 1. Praise the Lord. I'm going to read verse 9. The Bible says there that I have not commanded you. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Somebody say terrified. Do not be discouraged. Somebody say discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Let's pray. Father, tonight I ask that you would just have your way from the beginning all the way to the end, Lord God. And I pray, Father, that faith would arise here tonight. That, Father, we would leave your chains transformed, God. We would not leave here the same people that we were when we walked in. And, Father, tonight we give you the honor, the glory, and praise. Father, you have your way. Let your voice be the one that the people here tonight, not mine, but yours. And, Father, tonight we give you the honor, and glory, and praise. In Jesus' name, And everybody said amen. Give your neighbor another high five before you're seated tonight. Hallelujah. It says, be strong and courageous. Amen. Be strong. It said, do not be terrified. Anybody ever been terrified before? Praise the Lord. Now, here tonight, I'm going to talk a little bit about not terror, because I know, how many know that Halloween is coming? Praise the Lord. How many know we don't celebrate that? Amen. I know that that, that holiday is coming, so I know we're not talking about terror or anything like that tonight, but we will be talking a little bit about fear. Praise the Lord. You see, now fear can be a formula for failure. Fear has a a way of sometimes making us skeptical. Fear has a way sometimes of making us selfish. Fear can even make us stubborn. Huh? But even fear, but even with fear creating all these issues within our life, right, making us selfish and stubborn, even with fear doing all these different things, we still have the ability, with God's help, to replace fear with something else, and it's called faith. Look at your neighbor and say faith. See, there's a story. I like this story. I told this story a long time ago. Pastor Will actually might remember this story. There was a story of a spy who was captured and sentenced to death by a general in the Persian army. And the general had a custom of giving condemned prisoners a choice between the firing squad and a big black door. And as the moment of execution would always draw near, as the moment of execution was drawing near, the spy was brought to the Persian general who asked him this question like he always did. What will it be, the firing squad or the big black door? Well, the spy hesitated for a long, long time, and then he chose the firing squad. Moments later, shots rang out confirming that the spy had been executed, and the general turned to his aide, and he said, they always prefer the known way to the unknown way. See, it's a characteristic of people to be afraid of the unknown. Yet we give him a choice. He gave him a choice. What lies behind the big black door, he asked. Freedom, he replied. The, ge- the general replied, I've only know a few brave men enough to take it. Huh? How many know that a lot of times when it comes to the unknown, fear begins to creep in a little bit sometimes? Can I hear an amen? Huh? He gave him a choice. What was the firing squad? Right? Something He knew what was going to happen there. It's a firing squad. <laughs> what else is going to happen? Going to get shot. Or what's behind the big black door? Huh? Almost like a game show. Can I hear an amen? Right? I don't know about you. I don't know. What would you have done? Hallelujah. But see, God also gives us a choice. God gives us a choice as well to either live by fear or to live by faith. See, if we choose to live by fear, we will choose. See, if we live by fear, or if we choose to live by fear, we will live our lives never fully experiencing the great satisfaction of taking a risk for God. How many of you guys want to take a risk for God? 
Oh, come on. How many of you guys really want to take a risk for God? If you really want to take a risk for God, it's going to take faith. See, if we choose to live by faith, then we will experience a newfound freedom that will lead us to a personal assurance that we are living life to the fullest. Because how many know that before we came to Christ, a lot of us, most of us here, myself included, before I came to Christ, when I had all these fears within my life, I was not living my life to the fullest. Not to the fullest of what God had intended for my life. And I would probably say neither were you. Amen? Some of us here tonight, we still might be living by fear. Despite the fact that we don't want to. I don't think anybody really wakes up in the morning and says, you know what, today I'm going to live my life by fear. I don't really don't think that that happens. I was actually going to ask, does anybody actually happen to anybody? Do you wake up every morning? I don't think so. I don't think anybody wakes up and says, you know what, I think I'm going to make that decision today to live my life by fear. Nobody does that, huh? But nevertheless, sometimes we still do. We still live our lives by fear instead of faith. But see, God does not want us to do that. God does not want us to live our daily lives by fear. He wants us to live by faith. Somebody say faith. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7 says, We live by faith and not by sight. Come on. We live by faith and not by sight. It's not by what we see. It's by what we don't see. That's what faith is. We live by what we don't see. It doesn't really make sense, right? Why would you live by what you don't see instead of living by what you do see? But how do you know that the kingdom of God is upside down? It's flipped. It's backwards. Amen? So we live by faith, not by sight. We live by what we don't see, but we live by what we know. Uh, even though we don't see it, when we have faith, we know because of the relationship we have with Christ. Amen? But see, even in the Bible, even 2,000, 3,000 years ago, there were people that were living huh, in fear. Amen? This is not something new. Fear is not something that's been, only been around for a few hundred years. Fear has been, been, been taking place for thousands and thousands of years. People's lives have been transformed and changed and ruined because of fear. Huh? Now, when you read the book of Exodus... How many of you guys remember the Israelites, right, in the book of Exodus? And if you look there and you read the story, we're going to read a, we're going to touch it a little bit here. You can see how the Israelites were, they were very oppressed. They were crying out for deliverance. Amen. You guys remember the story, right? They were crying out for, how many of you guys ever seen the movie, The Ten Commandments? That's right. They're in a nutshell. Amen. Praise the Lord. When I was in the home, that was the only movie we were allowed to watch. That was the only movie we were allowed to watch. And we watched that movie all the time. It was like, okay, it's movie night. What do you guys want to watch? Really? You're going to ask? The Ten Commandments. Praise the Lord. And they would put on the Ten Commandments. What was that guy? Charlton Heston, right? Oh, my God. We, I, I was able to, like, lip sync that whole movie by the time I got out of the home. So if you've ever seen that movie, that's the whole story right there, right? They were crying out for deliverance from the hands of the Egyptians. They were, they were uh, caught up in slavery, right? And they were living in what? In fear. Fear for their lives. Now, when fear becomes coming to our life and begins to grip our lives, there's a few things that happen. One of the things that happens is it begins to distort our vision. Fear will distort your vision. See, in Exodus chapter 1, it says this, that so they put slave masters over them to oppress them with forced labor, and they built, I don't know if I can say this right, Pithom and Ramesses as store cities for Pharaoh, right? You see, the slave, they began to, Put them in the forced labor and make them build cities. See, the Hebrews were bound for slavery for 400 years. Somebody say 400 years. That's a long time, amen? And they were treated so bad that the only thing that they could think about was being delivered. But let me, let me show you something real quick. See, but when fear comes in and you're in this kind of a situation and you're thinking about being delivered, most of the time, the way that you think deliverance is is really not the way God thinks. Huh? 
Because they were thinking about being delivered, but they weren't thinking about they weren't thinking about a savior. They were thinking about a deliverer, right? Remember, that's what they kept saying. He's gonna send a, God is gonna send a deliverer. He's gonna give us a deliverer. But what did they want? They just wanted to get out of town. Huh? They just wanted to get from where they were to somewhere else. They wanted to get delivered. They didn't want to get saved. Huh? They weren't looking for a savior. They were looking for a deliverer because the fear had distorted their vision. They were waiting for somebody to come up and rise up against the slave, right? That's what they were waiting for. They were waiting for someone to come, cut their chains, and set them free and take them somewhere else, but not save them because of their fear. All they wanted to do was get out of town. Anybody ever want to get out of town before? Come on now. But because fear had gripped their lives, it distorted their vision. See, and I believe that they really wanted to be free inside, right? But see, the way that they envisioned their freedom and how it came to pass was very, very different. See, in Exodus chapter 6, Moses tells the Hebrews what God was going to do, right? If you remember the, if you remember the Bible or the movie, whichever one, praise the Lord. It's actually pretty accurate if you really watch the movie. But here in chapter 6, Moses tells them, he was telling the Hebrews, this is what God is going to do. huh? Has anybody ever came up to you and told you, well, God showed me this, and this is what he's going to do in your life? And you're like, what? No, 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 no. That's not, I'm not trying to hear that, right? Because we think, no, 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 this is what I want. This is, this is, I want deliverance. I want to be set free. I want, this is what I want. And he's, t- and so they're telling, no, but this is what God showed me. And you're like, no, I don't, I don't want to hear that. That's what happened right here. Moses was telling them, God showed me. God already told me what he was going to do. But the children of Israel, they didn't want to hear it. Huh? In Exodus chapter 6, verse 9, this is what the Bible says. So Moses told the people what the Lord had said, but they wouldn't listen anymore. Huh? They wouldn't listen anymore. The Hebrews were living by what? By sight. They were looking about what they saw. Huh? All they could see was slavery. All they could see was pain and anguish and fear. Huh? That's what they were living. That's how they were living their lives because of their circumstances. And how you know that a lot of times we do the same thing, right? Because of the circumstances that we go through, it kind of dictates our choices. Can I hear an amen? And but God doesn't want us to do that. God says, no, you don't have to do that. It's not that, you know, he's saying, well, you don't have to. He says, no, you don't have to because when you get rid of your fear and you let in faith. You won't have to live your life like that anymore. See, fear causes us to see things in what? The flesh. It sees things with our emotions. See, when we desire something from God, depending on our circumstances, we have already decided how we want God to deliver it. Right? When we're in our circumstance, or we might be in our situation, whatever it might be, we're going through it, things are coming against us, right? And we say, this is what I want, and this is how I, this is how I want to get out of this. Huh? This is how I want to get out of this situation. Then when God comes and says, this is how I'm going to do it, we're like, no, that's not how I want it. Because why? Because of our fear. Because fear is taking a grip on us. I don't think the, the Israelites wanted to, you know, take a hiking trip for 40 years, right? It was only supposed to take them 11 days to get to the promised land when they left. Huh? 11 days. But God said, no. He took them around and around and around for 40 years. I don't think that that was their plan. Amen. When they left, I don't think that was their plan. See, they didn't want to battle giants for freedom, right? How many of you guys like battling giants? How many of you guys like going up against giants? Praise the Lord. But see, when you focus on your giants, you will stumble. But when you focus on God, those giants will tumble. See, fear will distort our vision. Fear will distort our vision. Another thing that will happen, well, fear will cause us to forget. Huh? So will old age. Amen. But fear will cause us to forget. In Exodus chapter 14, the Bible says, As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up 
And there were the Egyptians marching after them. And they said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone? Let us serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. They forgot. How soon they forgot what God had already done for them, what God had delivered them from. And now they were already murmuring and complaining. You should have just left us back in Egypt. Why did you bring us all the way out here? Hello, anybody ever been like that? You know, we, we, God, I need this. God, God, move in my life. God moves. And then a couple weeks later, we're like, God, what are you doing? God said, wait a minute. You wanted to be delivered. You wanted to get set free. So I gave it to you. But how soon we forget, huh, when fear begins to grip us. Huh? They begin to turn around and begin to see the circumstances. And all of a sudden, they forgot what God had already done. Huh? How do you know that the Bible also says that God is not going to take you out just to bring you back again? Huh? Paraphrasing, amen. God's not going to take you out just so you can go back. Huh? But see, sometimes because of fear, we forget. Look at your neighbor and say, forget. See, so up until this point, God had already done miraculous things for the people, right? He saved them from the plagues. He removed them from Egypt. And they didn't just take them out of Egypt, huh? On their way out of Egypt, right? He told, the, he, he told them to tell the, the Egyptians, break yourself. He said, break yourself. Not only did they get to leave, but they got to leave with all their silver and gold. Huh? I don't know about you, but, man, I don't know if I would forget that. Praise the Lord. The Egyptians were like, oh, my God, you know, can you imagine that? All these people, all these slaves that did, you did all, their, all your work for you, built all your cities and did all this stuff for you were now leaving, right? So that for them, that was probably already like, oh, man, I'm going to have to do my own laundry. Man, I'm going to have to cut my own lawn. I have to do all this stuff all by myself now. And I got to give them all my money? You know, it was like, man, God, God moved. God did something miraculous. But as soon as they saw the Egyptians on their tail, what happened? They forgot. They forgot what God had just done. Amen? Because of fear. And it happens to us, right? It all happens to us as well. When things are looking good, it's all about praise God, right? Glory to God. When the money's rolling in, huh? We got a good job. The kids are behaving. The car's running the way it's supposed to run. Hello? Praise the Lord, right? The air's not coming out of your tires, right? When you get up in the morning, I'm just being transparent here this afternoon, tonight. Amen, right? You wake up in the morning, you're looking at your tire like, oh, really again, Right? Well, when things are going great, it's all about praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus, right? But all of a sudden, start hearing some rumors. I heard they're going to lay some people off. Huh? I heard they're going to make some cutbacks, right? All of a sudden, our memory goes, pew! about all that stuff that God had done for us. It's all about being that drug addict, all messed up on the street, living underneath the bridge. Huh? Forget about that, where God brought us from. But all of a sudden, a flat tire fear comes in huh think we're going to lose our job fear comes in god gave you that job anyways huh if you're going to lose it that means he's got something else for you huh if he gave it to you isn't it his to take away but usually when god takes it, if god i'm not gonna say god's gonna take something from you, but if it goes that's because he's gonna give you something else give you something better how many know god is the god of an upgrade hello huh he doesn't he's not gonna he's gonna allow something to happen to you so you go go get something worse no Sometimes God will allow certain circumstances. Why? Because he wants to upgrade. He wants to give you something better than before. Huh? But because of fear instead of faith, right? Because see, faith would have looked at it and said, you know what? If I get fired, it's all good because it means God's got something better for me. Huh? I'm just saying. 
I might be talking to somebody here tonight. I don't know. Maybe your boss told you today, I might have to let you go. You tell him, praise the Lord. Come on now. You got to praise him. Amen. But all of a sudden, we forget about all these things that God had done for us, all these things that God has promised us, all the plans that he had for our lives begin to disappear because of what? Because of fear. Huh? The fear level begins to rise up above our faith level, our faith level. Pastor Steve used to always tell us that our faith level has to be above our fear level. Huh? How many know that there's, there's healthy fear, though, right? There's some healthy fear. The Bible says that fear of the Lord is what? It's the beginning of wisdom. But that's the fear of the Lord, huh? Not fear of spiders or, you know, fear of these other things. It was funny. I was actually preparing for the message, and there's actually some pretty crazy phobias, some fears that are out there. Hey, man, I don't know if you guys have ever, like, really, like, checked it out, but it's pretty funny. Um, there's one. I'm going to share a couple of them with you real quick. Amen. Can I do that? Okay. This one is called, I thought this was kind of funny, ergophobia. Ergophobia is the fear of work. I know a lot of people got that. Amen. Huh? They got ergophobia. I was like, what? Fear of work? I go, oh, I know some people like that. Amen. Oh, he's talking about, man, man, they don't like me. Every time I go to an interview, they don't like me, and they don't want to do this. They don't want to, no, you just got ergophobia, brother. You don't even, you got a fear of work, bro. Huh? I like this one. This one, I think this is a new one. It's called nomophobia. This is a, <laughs> this is the constant fear of not having phone service. Hello? You're like, no! It's called, it's the, I, I like, really like, I like how they call it, nomoph- nomophobia. I got no more phone. Nomophobia, right? But check this out. It says that 50% of the people that live in the United Kingdom, they have it. <laughs> uh, there was, I was going to share those two. There was a bunch of other ones that I, I forgot. I had it all written down. I was going to bring it. There's, there's actually one. I can't remember the name, but there's the fear of swallowing air. What the heck is that? It's like, I don't know. There, there's actually, there's even a, again, I don't remember the names. There's a fear of church. There's a fear of church. So hopefully none of you guys have that. If you do, after the service, we're going to pray for you. Amen. <coughs> Praise the Lord. I just thought I would share that. Amen. But how many know that sometimes when things are going good, right, everything's going good, but when things begin to go bad, all of a sudden that fear comes in and begins to choke out that faith. Huh? Matthew 13, 22 says this. The one who received the seed that fell among the thorns is the man who hears the word, but worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke it, making it unfruitful. Fear will choke out faith. Huh? Fear will choke out faith. You can't let fear choke out your faith. See, we all have fears. We all have anxieties, right? I just shared a few of them right there, amen. But there's, there's a, I mean, the list goes on and on and on. But I'm talking about legitimate. I mean, some of this stuff I don't even think is legitimate. I think they just made it up. But there are, there are legitimate things out there that come against us that the enemy tries to bring into our lives to what? To grip us, like you said, to choke us, to choke our faith, huh? And I know we all have them, but the Bible tells us to cast our cares upon him, whatever it might be. How many know that nothing's too big for our God? doesn't matter what it is. I don't care. You can say, well, I have depression. I have oppression. I have old man. I, I don't know what you might have. doesn't matter what it is. I don't know what the doctors might have told you, but I'm here to tell you that our God is a big God, huh? Our God is a big God. If you believe that, give him a hand of praise. And I know a lot of times, you know, we say, well, I have these fears. I need some answers. How do I get over my fear? You want to know what the answer is to getting over your fear? It's faith. See, no amount of money, no amount of success, 
or no amount of position in life can bring true peace within our lives. It doesn't matter. You think money's going to get rid of your fear? No. You think money is going to, you know, take care of that success problem you think you've been having? Or a position in life, and maybe it's your job, is going to take care of the fears that you have in your life? No. Faith is what's going to take care of it. Huh? Faith is what's going to give us the victory. In the book of Psalms, chapter 27, the Bible says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Paraphrased, focus on God and your fields will disappear. Huh? Focus on God. See, focusing on God is walking by faith. When you focus on God and walk, it's kind of like, you know you got to go somewhere, right? You know where you, you need to go. But instead of looking at it and looking at the circumstances and looking at what's in between here and there, you just look up and you just walk. That's faith. Because you know there's stuff between here and there, but you know who you're looking at. So you just look at it and you walk. Huh? Focusing on God and walking, that's faith. But when you look, begin to look down and look, look where you're going and look at all the things that's happening between here and there, that's fear. Because then you begin to get caught up in your circumstance. You begin to get caught up in those things, those distractions that the enemy's going to bring to try to derail you, to try to choke out your faith. Can I hear an amen? Focus on God and your fears will disappear. And this is a, a very consistent uh, statement throughout the Bible. Throughout the Bible. Different chapters, different books, different verses, all throughout the Bible. Huh? Focusing on God will make your fears disappear. See, when Peter walked on water, right? Remember that? When Peter walked on water... And then Peter's fear got the victory over him. Remember that? But what was he doing right before he began to sink? The Bible says that he was looking at God, that he was focused. Huh? He was looking right at him. Because what did Jesus say to him? Jesus said, come to me, right? And what did Peter do? He stepped out of the boat, and he began to walk in. But what happened? He took his eyes off of the Lord. And that's what happens with us. We begin to take our eyes off of God, and what happens? The circumstances or the fear begins to grip us and begins to choke the faith. Huh? But I'm sure all he had to do was probably look back up and look at Jesus. He probably would have went, <laughs> right? But he didn't. He continued to sink. Isaiah chapter 26 says this, you will, you will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast because he trusts in you. You see, we have to trust God. We have to trust God. We have to trust God. Who else are we going to trust? Don't trust me. Don't trust the person, this person sitting next to you. I'm not saying the person next to you, you can't trust them. But I'm just, I'm just saying we can't trust anything of this world but God. Amen? We can't trust anything but God. We tried trusting all those other things, but was that just me? I used to trust my friends. I used to trust in my job. I used to trust all these different things, and every single one of them let me down. Huh? Every single one of them. It wasn't until I began to trust God that things in my life began to change. They begin, those fears that I had begin to, to leave. I remember when Pastor Josie came to me and my wife and had asked us, you know, to go to Indonesia, I was like, what? <laughs> you know, it was funny because I don't know if this ever happened to you, but do you ever say, you know what, God, I want to do, do something for you, man. And you get all excited inside of your heart. And you get a burden. Man, I want to do something for you, God. And, you know, I want to make a difference. And I don't want to be that, you know, because that was me. You know, I had messed up. I had been in the church for a while. I had messed up a bunch of times. You know, I was, you know, I had, a, had one of those jackets on on the back. said, you know, I had my name on the back. It was backslider. That was me. And, but I, now I was at a good point. I've been, you know, I've been doing good for a few years, doing great. You know, I was the head usher, and things were going good. And, you know, I was like, you know, inside I was like, you know what, God, I want to do something. For, man, I want to do more than just this, man. I was excited. And, you know, I, man, I wasn't running around the church jumping around and saying it, but inside 
right? How many know that sometimes we think we say things inside thinking, oh, it's okay, you know, no one's going to know. God knows. God hears you. Amen. And I was like, yeah, I want to do something for God, man, because I was excited. I hadn't been that excited, you know, ever, really. And, and when she came up to me, I was kind of like, oh, shoot. <laughs> and, you know, then she began to ask us, you know, hey, we want you to go to, to Indonesia for a year, you and your wife. And I was like, oh, you know, and then all of a sudden that fear, I could feel it. I could feel the fear coming. Because why? Because of the unknown. I was like, what's going to happen? What's going to, you know, all these different things started going through my mind until I said, you know what? And my faith level began to rise up. My faith level began to come up, and then my fear level began to go down here, and my faith level began to go up here. Because I didn't, I got to the point where I didn't care anymore. I said, you know what, God, I don't know. It's true, I don't know what's going to happen, but I don't care. I just know I want to do something for you. That's all I knew. I looked at my wife, and she looked at me, and she said, you want to go? I said, yeah, let's go, let's do it. And, and just the spirit of God, we had this peace because we trusted in God, because we allowed our faith level to go to another level. We let our fear level to come down here. Huh? Anybody ever experienced anything like that before? Be careful what you say in your heart. I'm telling you, God hears you. You know, you say, I want to do something for God. I'm telling you. Begin to get your faith level go up, and then God's going to come through. God says, you know what? I heard you. I heard when you said that. I got big plans for you. Huh? I got big plans for you. Sometimes you think you're waiting on God. God's waiting on you. I'm just waiting on God to move. No, God's waiting on you. God's waiting on you. How many guys remember David and Goliath? Huh? David and Goliath, great example of faith. Can I hear an amen? Great example of faith. Goliath was a giant man, the Bible says. Over nine feet tall. Huh? He was like NBA status, right? Over nine feet tall. The Bible also says that he had armor made of bronze, that he carried a javelin, he carried a spear and a sword. Man, that guy was packing, right? He had a javelin. I think that's the same thing as a spear, but a javelin, a spear, and a sword. Amen? And the Bible says that David carried what? A sling and five smooth stones. Now, why do you think he carried five stones? The Bible says that he only slung one, right? Why would he carry five? Well, I don't know if this is biblical, but I heard that Goliath had four brothers. <laughs> amen? I don't know. It's not in the Bible, amen? I'm just making it up. Anyways, would you ever think about that? Because the Bible says he picked up five smooth stones. Why did he pick up five? He only threw one. I don't know. Praise the Lord. But it was not David's weapons that brought down Goliath, huh? It was his faith. It was David's faith. You say, well, how can David's faith, how was David's faith able to bring down Goliath? Well, here, let me share this with you. First of all, David showed fortitude, huh? Fortitude is strength of mind that enables one to endure adversity with courage. You see, David had guts to act when no one else was willing to act. You guys remember the story, right? There in 1 Samuel chapter 17, it says that when the Israelites saw the man... They all ran from him in great fear. No one else was willing to do anything, but David stepped out. No one else was willing to do anything. No one else was willing to step out. We're talking seasoned warriors, seasoned soldiers were standing there running from one man. But David showed fortitude. When no one else was willing to do anything, David stepped out. Are you willing to step out when no one else is going to do anything? Huh? David wasn't afraid. He wasn't afraid to take on somebody who, by uh, everyone else's standards, was a superior foe. Huh? By everyone else's standards, there's no way David should have won that fight. Right? There's no way. But see, Goliath's threats meant nothing to him. They meant nothing to David because he knew who his God was. In 1 Samuel chapter 17, it also says this, that he said to David, Am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? 
And the Philistine cursed David by his dogs. Come here, he said, and I'll give, you, I'll give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. David said to the Philistine, you come against me with a sword and a spear and a javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord God Almighty, huh? the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will hand you over to me, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. And today I will give the carcass of this Philistine army to the birds of the air. And it goes on and on and talk about all the stuff David said he was going to do to him. Amen. David was talking, I guess what they like to say in the neighborhood, he was talking long neck. Amen. He was talking big stuff to this guy. I don't know about you, but I probably wouldn't have done that. Amen. But just like David, when we believe God is, God is and can do all things that we know, huh? How do you know that we have to believe that God can do it? Huh? We got to believe that God can do it. We can't just say it with our mouths. Sometimes we say, well, God can do this, but we don't believe it. Or is that just me? Sometimes, amen? We have to believe that God can do it. We have to, can't just say it, huh? It's just like David. When we believe that God is and can do all things, that's when the power comes, huh? That's when the power comes. See, our faith requires that we have the fortitude to face our giants, huh? Our faith requires it. Our faith can't go to another level until we step out and begin to face those things head on like David did. David could have just stepped back and said, whoa, he's talking to you guys, man. You know, this guy's talking all kinds of smack against you guys. I'm just here to bring some bread and some cheese, and hey, here you go, brothers. <laughs> See you guys later. I'm going back to the sheep. Huh? He could have done that. But he had fortitude. Somebody say fortitude. Also, David displayed aggression. Somebody say aggression. Aggression is violent action that is hostile. Huh? Anybody here ever been hostile? Don't say anything. See, David got mad when he heard the things that Goliath was saying about Israel. You guys ever get mad when, you know, people ever say anything about you or your family, right? You ever get mad? Well, David got mad. He got aggressive. The Bible says that David asked the men standing near him, what will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and removes this disgrace? Huh? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should divide the armies of the living God? And that's what he was asking the guys around. He's like, so if I do something about this guy, what am I going to get? Right? He was inquiring. So he, was, he was already thinking, like, you know, someone's got to do something about this. And no one else is going to do it. Well, what's gonna, what, if I do it, what am I going to get? Huh? David stood up to the enemy. David was ready to fight for his way of life, and so should we. Are you ready to stand up for the gospel? Are you ready to stand up for God? Huh? Are you ready to stand up for Jesus? Huh? Even though you, the, 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 the circumstances might say, you know what? Uh, you're probably not going to come out of this too good. Amen. You know, uh, things are not going to look too good. You know, are you still going to stand up? Are you still going to praise God? Are you still going to give him all the glory? Huh? Are you still going to allow people to talk about your God? Are you going to allow people to talk about your church? Are you going to allow people to talk about that kind of stuff? Or are you going to stand up? Are you going to make a stand? Are you going to be aggressive? Come on now. Are you going to be aggressive? See, as believers, we can't be passive. We can't be passive people. We have to take the fight to the enemy. Huh? We have to take it to him. Like the song says, we got to go to the enemy's camp. Huh? We got to go to the enemy's camp. Because I'm here to let you know, if we don't go to him, he's going to come to us. Huh? If you don't go to him, he's going to come to us. He's going to come to our homes. He's going to come to our families. He's going to come to our church. That's why we got to take it to him. That's why we go out to the streets, man. That's why we take it out to the streets. We take it out there. We go out there and say, you know what? Because how many know that the streets, that's his neighborhood. That's where the enemy likes to hang out. That's where we go out there. We say, you know what? Jesus can set you free. You know what? You don't have to live like this anymore. There is hope. There is a different way. Huh? Do you guys believe that? Huh? See, the fight that, we are on, that we're in is not a physical fight. Huh? Because if it was, a lot of us, we'd lose. Amen? <laughs> Praise the Lord. I know some of us may have been something in the world, but in the spirit, it's a little bit different. Huh? 
In the book of Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, the Bible says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of the dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Huh? It's a spiritual battle. Somebody say amen. Also, David took initiative. See, he was, initiative is readiness to embark on a bold new adventure. See, the battle so far in this story was a standoff, right? Nobody was moving. But then 1 Samuel says the Philistine occupied one hill and the Israelites on the other, right? David knew what would happen if Israel was defeated. He knew what would happen. He said, you know what? I'm not ready to go back into slavery, man. I'm not ready to go back to where we came from. I'm not ready to do that. Are you ready to go back where you came from? Huh? When the enemy starts standing, you know, knocking on your door and starts talking smack to you and starts, you know, slapping you upside the head, are you going to stand up or are you ready to go back? Or you say, you know what? You're right. I'm just going to go back and be a drug addict again because you're right. I messed up. You know, I'll never be anything good. Huh? Are you going to take initiative and say, no, I'm not? See, when those situations come up for us, we have to look at what's going to happen if we don't act, if we don't take that initiative to do something like David did. Huh? Just think about it. When the enemy comes, if you don't do something, where do you think you're going to end up? Sometimes we need to think about that. You know what? That will guide our choices, right? That will really guide our choices and our decision-making. When the enemy begins to come, it begins to beat against our door. Because how many know the enemy's going to come? Huh? Believe that. The enemy's going to come. He's not going to just leave us alone, especially when we, you know, we do things that we do here in Victory Outreach. God is not, the enemy's not going to leave us alone. He's going to come after us because he wants to take us out. But when he does come after us, are you going to take the initiative to do something, or are you going to go back? I don't know about you, but I don't want to go back. Can I hear an Amen. Initiative means stepping out even though the odds are stacked in, in their favor. Huh? How many know sometimes the odds are always going to be stacked in the enemy's favor? In the physical, we might see it like that. I'm here to let you know that in the spiritual, more are with us than are with them. Huh? See, when one person dares to make a stand, it motivates the others to continue the assault. Huh? Let me say that again. When one person dares to make a stand, it motivates the others to continue the assault. Because of what David did, the whole Israelite army had victory. Huh? Because after that happened, David went back. Right? After he defeated Goliath and he cut his head off and he did all that, he said, okay, peace, I'm out. And he left. But Israel continued the assault. Right? Sometimes that's what we have to do for our families. We've got to stand up. Stand up and do something. Huh? So that the rest of them can come behind us and continue to fight. But it takes us. We have to be the ones who are going to stand up. Amen? David had a testimony as well. Something that serves as evidence. Somebody say evidence. evidence. Somebody say evidence. 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 Amen. Some of you guys know what evidence is. Bad evidence. Hello. Your Honor, the evidence <laughs> says, amen. Right, Pastor Will? Come on now. <laughs> First Samuel says, Saul replied, you are not able to go out against the Philistine and fight him. You're only a boy. And he has been a fighting man from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and carried off his sheep from the flock, I went after it and I struck it and I rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair. I struck it and I killed it. And your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. He had a testimony. Huh? How many know sometimes that people are, always, are not always going to look at us the same way God does? Huh? He's like, you can't do that. Who do you think you are? That's why we have to use our testimony. 
Say, no, I killed a lion. I struck down a bear. Huh? You got to use your testimony. There's power in your testimony. Huh? When things become a... When the enemy tries to come, because the enemy's going to come, he's going to throw things in your face. Oh, don't you remember when you did this? Well, don't you remember when you said that? And don't you remember when you acted like that? You say, yeah. And you begin to say, yeah, but that's not me no more. Huh? Now I'm saved. Now I'm sanctified. Now i got the power of God living in me now. Huh? I'm, a, I'm a child of the most high God, that I'm not that person anymore. And then what's the devil to do? The devil's going to say, oh, shoot, you're right. Amen. Huh? It's our testimony, just like David's testimony. They were probably laughing at him, like, what do you think you're doing, man? But when he shared his testimony, I killed a lion, I killed a bear. Like, oh, shoot, okay, come on, go for it, man. Uh, that's when even King Saul said, here, put on some of my armor, you know, and here, take my sword. And tried to get it, you know, said, all right, go for it. Even the king wasn't even going to go out there and fight Goliath. Huh? Even when people doubt us, we have to remind them of our testimony, how God touched us, how God changed us. Huh? That's what we do when we go out to the streets, right? When we go out there, we blast on the corner. We tell people how God changed us, you know, how God transformed our lives, right? That's the whole reason why we go out there, the power of our testimony. Somebody say power of our testimony. Revelations 12 says they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Huh? See, our testimony shatter the lies of the enemy. See, our testimony shatters the lies of the enemy. How many of you guys want to shatter the lies of the enemy within your life? Share your testimony with somebody. Share your testimony with somebody. Have you ever shared your testimony with anybody? I mean, really shared your testimony? Like, really, really shared your testimony? Because sometimes you say, oh, yeah, I used to be a drug addict, but I'm not anymore, praise the Lord. Right? I mean, that's like the quick quick version. But, I mean, when you actually sit down with somebody, like when we go out to the streets and you sit down with somebody and you sit on the curb and, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're going through it, and you say, you know what, man, check this out. And you begin to share with them exactly what you went through, exactly where you were at, you know, and begin to share your testimony and how the power of God changed your life, where you were at, how the enemy had a grip on you because of the fear that you had in your life. But then you begin to share with them how powerful God was and how he came in and he changed you. He transformed you and turned you around, man. And his anointing came upon you. I'm, I'm just telling you, when you begin to share your testimony in a real, real, real way with people, their lives will be changed. Their lives will be touched. It'll shatter the lies even in their lives. Your testimony can shatter the lie, in, the, lie, the lie in somebody else's life. Amen? And lastly, David had help. See, to give, our, to give or provide what is necessary to accomplish the task, that's what, that's what help is. Huh? David recognized that he couldn't do it alone. Remember, it wasn't David. David might have, you know, went out there and slung the thing and threw the stone, but how many know it was God? David needed help. David knew he couldn't do it on his own. And it would be foolish for us as well to think that we could do anything on our own without God. Can I hear an amen? Especially to go up against the giants that we go up against. It's not, we can't do it by ourselves, amen? Even Jesus faced the giant in the garden, right? Remember he cried out to the Father? Huh? He knew he needed help. And in your moment of help, are you willing to cry out? And say, I need help, Lord, come on. We can't face our giants alone. See, we need God's power and his wisdom to be victorious, to overcome those fears that we have, to allow our faith to go to another level, allow our fear levels to come down. The Bible says in John chapter 14, and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may be in glory to the Father. Matthew 21 says this, if you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. Somebody say, if you re believe, you'll receive. Amen. And 1 John says, and if you know that he hears us, and if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have it, what we ask of him. Huh? How do you know that God is always going to be there for us? The Bible says God has never left us, he'll never leave us or forsake us. 
Even in those times when the fear begins to come in, things begin to grip our lives, we have to know that all we got to do is reach up. Huh? Look at your neighbor and say, reach up. Help is only asking away. Now, I know a lot of times, again, we all come in with different fears, different hang-ups, different things, but I truly believe that God wants to give us, he wants to not just deliver us, but he wants to set us free. Huh? He wants to set us free on the inside. Because fear is on the inside. Fear is not on the outside. It's not necessarily what you see. It's what's on the inside. Like I talked to all those different phobias. That's all stuff that's on the inside. It's all up here. God wants to deliver. He wants to set us free from all that. He wants our faith to go to another level. We have to put our faith level above our fear level. Amen? Go ahead and stand with me here tonight as they go ahead and come to the, the piano here this evening. I know there's a lot of things. Like I, like I shared my story about going to Indonesia. Sometimes God is asking us, or He's pushing us. He's, you know, He's He's telling us, yeah, I, know, I want you to go here. I want you to step out. I want you to go to another level. I want you to do something. I want you to go here. I want you to do there. I want you to do this. I want you to do that. But sometimes the fear of the unknown. Well, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how I'm going to do this, and I don't know how I'm going to do that. I don't know this, and I don't know that. There's a lot of fear in the I don't know, huh? But it's not about the I don't know. It's all about the who do I know. And that's Christ. As long as we begin to put our faith in him and begin to trust him and begin to believe in him and believe his word, huh? then our faith level will go to another level and our fear level will come down here. If we just begin to step out just like David did. David saw the circumstances. David saw exactly what was going on, but it didn't stop him. Because what? Because he had faith. He had faith, right? He had fortitude. He had aggression, right? He had, what was the third one? That's the last one, amen. He had faith. He had fortitude. Huh? He had aggression, initiative, right? He had faith. You have to believe in something bigger than yourself. He saw what was going on. And I know a lot of times we do too. God comes and he, and he says, you know what? I want you to do this. Or I want you to do that. We begin to look at the circumstances. And then fear begins to grip us. Fear begins to choke us out. It's like that seed, right? That's planted among the weeds. The weeds begin to choke out that seed. But God, that's the seed. God, want, God is putting seed within your life. He said, you know what? I'm planting this in you. I got great things for you. I got great plans for you. Don't let, your, don't let the fear stop you from doing great things for God. Some of you here tonight, God has put something in you. He's planted a seed in your life. He wants to do something great within your life, but you've allowed fear to come in and choke it out. And here tonight, if you say, you know what? Tonight, I don't want any of those fears to choke out that faith that God has put in me or choke out anything that, I, that God wants me to do. If that's here tonight, I'm going to open up the altars here tonight as they begin to play. I want you to come forward here tonight because we're going to pray because I believe that there's some fears that are going to get broken tonight. And I believe that some faith is going to rise to another level tonight because there's power in our faith.